folks, welcome back to Broncos Europe. Michael here again with Colin, who's sporting a lovely green shirt today. Happy, uh, happy Wednesday day of recording, Colin. Delighted to be joined by um, a, a new person on the show for once, uh, Drew Engelbart, who works with Fox 31. Um, big fan of Fox 31's coverage. Can't really talk about how I watch that because it's supposed to be geoblocked. But look, Drew, welcome to the show, man. It's, it's a delight to have you on. Hey, it's great to be with you guys. You know, I've enjoyed our Twitter, Twitter interactions over the year, our social media interactions, and uh, the more Broncos fans, the better in my eyes. And uh, I think what you guys are doing out there is so cool. Appreciate it, man. It's, it's, it is great to have you on. And if you're not aware of, if, if, if you're in Europe and you're not aware of what Drew does, Drew is a reporter for Fox 31, primarily works on the morning show. So for us, technically, it's any anywhere from 12 o'clock in the afternoon to four o'clock in the afternoon so if you are off work feel free to put it on drew are you not exhausted right now man obviously sitting after a long four or five hour shift in the morning or yeah it's four or five hours come on man it's more like eight to nine hours but uh no i've just uh I, i've learned to wake up early so i wake up at 2 30 a.m of course our time here every single day um but there are some perks. I play a lot of golf in the afternoon. You know, if I'm off by noon, then I can play some golf. So I'm not complaining. And uh, I got some pretty cool perks at the job, too. Uh, going to Broncos games, going to the draft. That that has been my favorite thing thus far. I mean, going to road games is cool, being in Lambeau Field. But going to the draft the last couple of years, what the NFL has done with the draft has been absolutely incredible. Colin, can you believe that Drew gets up before I get up? Seven-hour mm -hmm. time difference, and he's up before I get up. You're still incredible. sleeping. At half nine in the morning, sometimes, but it's lockdown, yeah. I mean, Colin, you're up pretty early, though, in, in, in a sense. Uh, yeah, well, it, I, the interesting thing for me is, I suppose, I'm frequently traveling. So this this lockdown situation is really weird, Drew, because usually I am kind of traveling between Asia, Africa, Europe, the States. So um, it, it's been interesting. Um, but, like, speaking of, of work, I suppose, well, you're, you're a Colorado native. Yep. Um, how did you get into sports media? So, you know, I took a journalism class in high school and it was uh, one of my good friend's dad that was actually the teacher. So that's why I took it. I, I didn't know anything. I didn't know much about journalism, but I, my buddy's dad was the teacher. I said, let's take the class. And I really enjoyed the class. I really enjoyed sports writing. Big into sports growing up. You know, I played football, basketball, baseball, you name it. And uh, so I said, you know what, this is fun. And if, if you enjoy a class, then that's probably a good idea. Like maybe you should major in that. Maybe you should get into that. Uh, so I got a scholarship to go to Arizona State. They have a really great journalism program there. I was actually into newspaper writing. That's what I wanted to do, newspaper sports writing. And uh, professor kind of pulled me aside one of my first years in school and said, hey, newspapers, you know, we're kind of seeing the decline in newspapers. So maybe you should give that TV thing a try. And uh here I am. I spent a couple years in Wyoming, a couple years in Texas, and I, I covered strictly sports in those markets. Uh, but I just set the goal to get back to Denver. I love golfing. I love skiing. I love the Broncos. love, you know, my family being in town. So set the goal getting back to Denver and gave him a call. I said, hey, I'll do whatever you guys want me to. Just give me a job in Denver. And it's my fifth year anniversary, five-year anniversary at Fox 31 next week. So it's flown by pretty quick. That's great. It's good. It's good to see. You. Obviously, five-year anniversary next week. And talking about golf, Drew, and obviously one of your interests. That's probably one of the only good things as a country that we are good at golf. So if you ever are over here for anything, definitely give us a shout. I know we've got Rory, we've got Larry, we've got a few others as well. Colin, I'm not sure if you're an avid golfer now, but we'll see what happens. I, well, I used to be, yeah. 
I hear the weather is uh, a little tough over there on the golf course. Is there a little different style golf course is what I hear, but uh, I was talking yeah. with Colin earlier. I've never been across the pond. So if I do, we're having a Guinness, a Heineken, and we're going golfing. Absolutely. And that's something we'll hopefully bring up at some, at some point in this conversation. You're talking about the weather very quickly, uh, Drew. I was at the Open last year because I was lucky to be over here last year uh, when she mm-hmm. and Larry won it on the final day. It, uh, it it was a blizzard almost like, not a blizzard but like it was a storm it was horrible yep. i just sat yep. in the in a glamping tent and drank uh, scotch so good day for sure <laughs> definitely you gotta go i have to say as well you gotta get over to a golf event the open over here was incredible last year yep. and yeah and europe as well look you you obviously have um a very fun time shall we say in your job which for for anybody is a good thing if you enjoy something that you're doing that's half the battle sometimes um not gonna lie i have been watching a lot of maybe channel hopping watching a lot of the breakfast shows i can see that you've got a very good relationship with kirk for example and um, yes what's uh what what makes your job so fun at the minute or what, why do you enjoy working there so much at the minute well you know i will say uh you know coming from the evening news or coming from the sports department you know i guess that's a plus for me as i have experience you know in multiple different you know parts of television uh, being on the morning show, you get to have fun, man. People wake up and you got to give them their news. So you get, you got to do the headlines, you know, sometimes the headlines aren't always fun, you know, but you got to have fun too. People are waking up, they're having their coffee. They want to get their day started. Right. And the good thing is we get along so well, Megan, Kirk, Sam, Brooks. And I, I mean, people don't believe us, but we hang out outside of work. They call us crazy. We sit there on a desk for six hours a day with each other. You, you'd think we all hate each other. <laughs> But uh, we, we truly enjoy each other's company, and uh, we know that, you know, we need to have the energy. We need to, we need to wake people up with a smile on their face. So I think a lot of it is, is the shift, is the job. That's our job, is to, is to put a smile on your face. Um, a little different in the evening. You know, you, you got to deliver the headlines, and it's more urgency and pace and uh, delivering the news in, in that direction where, you know, you watch in the mornings. We're on for five hours a day. That's crazy how much – content we have every day so you got to have some fun and you know we have our fun segments i think the best segment that we ever did is when you were on the show uh we had a rating spike man i i, I saved really? the ratings chart from that day so i'll have to send it to you when we're done because we can see who's watching when and man the second you popped up it was skyrocketing and it was mostly like the the female demographic from like age 25 to 40 <laughs> that's where we saw that huge spike uh, when you're on the show, wow, no, having wow. Yuck, you know, uh, in all seriousness, we've had our, we've had our fun on social and, uh, talk back and forth. And it was cool to finally have you on the show. It was unfortunate news. Um, but I think it also really opened folks eyes. People don't understand. There's Bronco fans across the country. I, you know, I did a road game in Arizona last year and it was shocking to me. You guys remember that game? 80% of the stadium was orange yeah. and you know, the Cardinals suck. So that's part of it. And you know, Arizona is not a huge Phoenix. I went to school there. It's not a huge sports community there with no matter what sport you're talking about, but I don't think people realized how many Bronco fans are over in Europe. I mean, football over there is a different football than we're talking about here. So um, it was eye-opening for me. It was eye-opening for my bosses in the morning. I remember our executive producer in the morning after the story ran, she goes, I didn't even know there were Bronco fans over there. And I'm like, yeah, Michael said that they'd be able to sell out a stadium with all orange. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, so, uh, that I, was cool I, me. I would say, like, if that game, and we're probably going out of que- questions now, man, but if this – if that game against the Falcons had have happened for a start, obviously it's highly likely. It's highly likely. Call them, um, correct me if I'm wrong. It would have been on Fox for a start. So you're going mm-hmm. ding, ding, ding. Here we go. 
London, baby. But um, I would say there's no reason why in a 60,000-seater stadium that there couldn't have been 20 or 30,000 Broncos fans at least. But, man, they sell out like the Jags against the Texans. I had to pay 250 quid to see Gardner Minshew play last year <laughs> at Wembley Stadium, um, which was just riveting. And Colm, um, Drew mentioned one of his uh, colleagues, Sam. Sam, correct me if I'm wrong, Drew, was a cheerleader for the Broncos. She was. I think she covered as well on Super Bowl 50, which she was doing media as well. So we'll we have to get her on at some point. She would love to do it. And you know what? She is a great person, first of all. And uh, I th- she's going to get mad at me if I get this wrong. It's either five or seven seasons that she, she wore the chaps. And uh, she was a leader. She's a leader in the newsroom, which is, you know, think about it. Someone that came from being a Broncos cheerleader to she does such a good job delivering the traffic every morning. She fills in on the anchor seat every once in a while. I mean, proud of her for what she's done. It's I studied this. I've been doing this for years, and she slides in there and makes it look easy. Um, she's a good person, and she was a great ambassador for the Broncos cheerleaders just because of the type of person that she is. Only great things to say about Broncos cheerleaders. You guys know what a great organization that is. Yeah. Um, you know, they had that TV show on VH1 or whatever network for the Cowboy cheerleaders. I'm like, come on. The Broncos cheerleaders and the chaps and the white boots, that's where it's at. They need to have a, a Broncos cheerleader show. But uh, she still, you know, stays a part of the program. She's part of the, the judging panel every year when they get new cheerleaders in. So, And she's a big Broncos fan. So anybody a Broncos fan, in, in my mind, I'm a fan of yours. Um, I don't know if you guys knew this. I talked about it on the show before. I was talking about it earlier this morning. That's why I bring it up. I was John Elway for Halloween six years in a row. <laughs> Growing up here, here, and, and uh, I grew up in Fort Collins, so up the road a little bit. But uh, okay. my mom, I had her send me the pictures the other day, and it's funny. You see the the old uniforms, and then the uniform transition as I got older. Kind of the the last year I was John Elway for Halloween. The new helmet, the new uniform. I had the the shoulder pads and the pants and all that. Uh, <laughs> So needless to say, John Elway was my hero growing up, and it's cra- kind of crazy now to bump into him in the hallway or see him at, you know, wherever we we might be if it's a road game, and you know, run into him in the hallway at Lambeau Fields. Like, man, you know, kind of crazy to <laughs> that when uh, someone's your childhood hero. I was a big Ed McCaffrey fan too. Um, he was my guy as well. We, you guys had to have been Broncos fans back then, right? Not for me, but Colin. Michael you, wasn't born. Yeah, I was. I, I, I haven't had. Michael wasn't born yet. Come on now. 1991. The the beard makes it look as if I'm a bit older, but like got, I didn't get cable TV in like the back hours of nowhere in Ireland through to like 2004, 2005. Oh wow! So like for us, yeah, and Colin obviously got to see it a little time, a little while before me, just a wee bit before me. <laughs> just just to see. Uh, yeah. I loved uh, Ed McCaffrey. I have an Ed McCaffrey jersey. And it's funny what you're saying there, Drew, about um, Arizona and the Broncos fans, because I work in higher ed. I I have a higher ed podcast and we had an advisor from Arizona State on our most recent episode. And he is actually a big Broncos fan. So we were were just discussing that. So, yeah, Broncos fans in in Arizona, definitely in in existence. Um, I I, I was also thinking I was wondering when you were going to say that you were last dressing up as Elway. Was that October last year uh, or (laughs) are we going back? further you know i was always number seven because of that so uh i'm not telling any secrets but i think the last time i dressed up for halloween you know i I guess after what like 12 or 13 it's probably not cool anymore to be knocking on door asking asking for candy um so i think it probably had to have been i'm not that much older than you michael i was born in 88 so um probably around probably around 2000 was my last halloween um and 
what was it? Was it 97, 96 when they did the uniform transition? Um, mm. So you could definitely see mm-hmm. the years. You know, I got a little taller, and then the jersey changed a little bit. Uh, but, man, th- those are the years of the Broncos. Maybe go on YouTube, and if you haven't watched Super Bowl 32 yet before, uh, you've watched You've seen the helicopter. You yeah, had to I've, yeah I've, to be honest, if I didn't have an opportunity over the last couple of months, I probably never would have an opportunity again. No, I've been lucky to catch up and stuff. And um, one thing that we done at the start of lockdown was we started watching like all these old games. Awesome. Uh, there was one time we had, was it Jake Plummer on? <laughs> We did. Oh, we had, we had to the name. point where like it was like right, who's coming on this week? But I just got just got a chance to watch all these old games, and yeah, like I ended up watching a game after a night out in college in the early 2010s, and um, it was Tebow, and now I'm sitting at seven. So you were a Tebow guy. You were a Tebow guy. Yeah, well, I I I got a jersey, and within weeks he was gone. It's a bit like whenever I got a Zidane shirt for France when I was eight years old, and he retired. <laughs> I've got a uh, so I had a an authentic you know you can buy the jerseys that are ironed on or you can Mm. buy the stitched on and we're talking 60 bucks 200 bucks is the difference here so I got an authentic Brandon Marshall jersey I loved B Marsh when he was on the Broncos remember him and Cutler he had like that one game where he had 21 receptions or something broke the the record for most catches in a single game so I was a big fan of Brandon Marshall well of course he left but it was number 15 so oh, what I did <laughs> is my buddy worked at a, a sport, sporting goods shop in Fort Collins growing up. So I had him peel off the authentic Brandon Marshall, and he sewed on Tebow on the back, and it looks real. So I've got an authentic Tim Tebow Navy Broncos jersey that was once a Brandon Marshall jersey, but you couldn't even tell. Um, you know, I, in all seriousness, I was a huge fan of T-Ball in college. I mean, he was so fun to watch. He, how could you not be a fan of his in Florida? at Florida? And when the Broncos drafted him, I lost my mind. I was so excited to just have that energy. And, you know, of course, I thought he might be a bit a little better passer than he was. Um, but I loved T-Ball when he was on the Broncos, man. That was fun to watch. Um, it wasn't the prettiest thing, but they won games. But you know what? When you bring in Peyton Manning, I would have been really upset if they bring anyone else in, but Peyton Manning, it's like, okay, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> I was a, I was a big Tebow guy too for that magical season that he was there. Oh, if if you could have Tebow's attitude with Jay Cutler's ability, imagine <laughs> the QB that you'd have. That if if only you could marry the two. Man. True. I suppose you so born in eighty eight, uh, outside of maybe the Super Bowl wins, are there any outstanding Broncos moments that, that you remember? Um I, I went back and watched old games just like you guys have. So the drive, of course, you got to talk about that. Uh, Cleveland fans, you know, if you meet somebody older from Cleveland, the draft's in Cleveland next year, by the way, not really looking forward to go there. Uh, but you you meet an older Cleveland fan and they just hate the Broncos. And you may not understand why. And then you look at the drive, the fumble. I mean, we're talking everything that led up to that. Uh, so those were certain, but those were before my times. I, I don't remember that. Um, I guess after Elway left, I was a big Jake the Snake fan. I mean, that's kind of when I was in high school and transitioning, getting a little older. I love Jake the Snake. Uh, Brian Greasy, I, I had the chance to interview him not too long ago. I love Greaseball, man. I think I love Cutler. I mean, Maybe I just am, am biased, but especially growing up, I loved every Broncos quarterback that we had. Uh, a ton of good Broncos memories. Um, 
I went to the old Mile High. I mean, that place would rock. You guys have heard stories about it, but it would literally rock. You could feel it moving. And uh, I think that's what made me fall in love with the Broncos is seeing the passion. Um, I argue all the time with people that Broncos fans are the best in the NFL, the best in, in the world when it comes to professional football. And people don't believe me. You know, you always hear about the Steelers and terrible towels. Uh, but if you've ever been to the old Mile High Stadium, even the new Mile High Stadium, I mean, Broncos games, the orange in the crowd, Broncos country is legit, guys. Arizona, the, when we were in Arizona, there was a, the night before the game, there was a, a Broncos party at the Dirk Bentley bar out there. And needless to say, I spent a couple nights there in college. Uh, I may not remember uh, a lot of those nights, but I remember this one because I was working and it was amazing to see. I mean, we saw 80% of the stadium, but this bar was completely packed with orange and Broncos fans. And uh, it's really cool to see people don't buy Broncos country, maybe outside of Broncos country as much as they should. Um, but it comes from a, a longstanding tradition. Mr. B, he changed the franchise. You guys know that. And uh, I've been a Broncos fan forever. I, what I, I'll bring this up. Um, training camp was in Greeley before it was at Dove Valley. So they did it for years in Greeley, which is Greeley's not far from Fort Collins about a 20 minute, 30 minute drive. So I went to training camp a lot as a, as a kid. And um, my uncle somehow got us into the locker room area after one of the training camps. And I was with my older cousin and we both had a football and we were getting autographs from all the players. And my cousin was older. So he'd ask every guy that came in the, through the hallway, Hey, can we get your autograph? And I'm just, you know, scared sitting there shaking like, Oh my gosh, I'm in the Broncos hallway. And he looks at me, he goes, Drew, the next guy that comes in, you're asking for the autograph. I'm done asking everybody. It was John freaking Elway. They walked in, the next guy. And I'm surprised I could get it out of my – I don't even know what I said. Maybe autograph and held the ball. And uh, that football <laughs> with a bunch of autographs on it, but John Elway right there in the middle, it's still sitting in my, uh, in my dad's basement, in my folks' basement up in Fort Collins. And – that's a prized possession. I try to steal it every time I, I go to my folks' house and bring it back to mine. But uh, that, that was a great story. It, the, Greeley, the Greeley training camp days, I'm sure the players didn't love that as much. Now they've got that, you know, state-of-the-art facility down south here in Denver. Um, but going back to Greeley where you could smell the cow turd, that, that's, a, that's a joke about Greeley if you, if you don't know about that. On a really windy day in Colorado when it smells like manure, you always say it smells like Greeley. Um, cause that's what, that's what Greeley's known for all the cows out there. They say it smells like money. That's what they say out there. Um, but loved going to training camp out in Greeley. That, that's a true Broncos fan. If they can talk to talk to you about training camp out in Greeley. Um, I've been lucky to be at, um, Dove Valley before and I, I've never been to Greeley, so I'm going to have to take a, take a look <laughs> at it the next time I get out to Colorado, whenever that's going to be at this point, but we'll see what happens. Maybe I'll still have hair by the time the pandemic is actually over. Um, Talking about the pandemic and talking about Dove Valley and talking about John Elway. Um, obviously, now we're, what, three months out? Not even three months out from mm -hmm. a potential NFL season, Drew. Yeah. Um, what's your thoughts ahead of the season? Obviously, we, we've had an interesting draft, um, but there does seem, and I know it's different saying it on TV and saying it online and stuff, but there does seem to be maybe an initiative where you could argue a lot of this defense, if, for example, Von Miller, this is like a two-year window. Something needs to it happen. Is. What's your opinion on the team at the minute then, going into this year? Um, you know, I, I've got a friend that, that um, is in a capacity with the team a little bit. He said Bradley Chubb looks amazing. I mean, I can't wait to see him back out on the field. 
Bradley Chubb getting healthy again. You know, last year, unfortunately, didn't get to play much. But the defense is going to be good. I mean, the defense has been good for how many years now? Uh, one concern on defense is cornerback opposite A.J. Boye. Um, who's going to be that other starting corner? I mean, Bryce Callahan, if he's healthy, uh, great. I, you know, he's a great player in Chicago, but he hasn't proven it here yet if he can stay healthy. Um, but other than that, I think defense is short up at every position. You're talking about pass rush. You got that linebackers. A.J. Johnson had a heck of a year last year. If he can step up again, um, I think the defense is going to be set. Uh, Coach Fangio, defensive guy. Uh, so I think defense is good. The key is going to be offensive line. I know we sound like a broken record, but I will say the one thing that I'm looking forward to this year is that we have a quarterback that will throw the ball down the field. And I don't know about you guys, but being a Broncos fan for the last, what, five years since Peyton's been gone, I'm getting so tired of seeing the dink and dunk and, and just it's afraid to throw the ball down the field. It, that's what it is. I mean, what – you know, there was Trevor Simeon, great guy, nice guy. Uh, whoever was under center, it's like they were afraid to throw the ball down the field when they got out, you know, whether it was a mile higher or wherever it was in the Broncos orange. And that's not fun to watch. I mean, even if they stink this year, we're going to have a guy that's going out there like Brett Favre or John Elway in his old days. It's not afraid to sling the ball around the field because Drew Locke has that confidence. He has that swagger. And if nothing else, it's going to be fun to watch. But I think – uh, with KJ Hamler, with Jerry Judy, uh, with Noah Fant, with Albert O, that's going to be a great connection to see. And obviously, Cortland Sutton, he'll catch anything uh, you throw near him. Um, if Drew Locke can just don't be afraid to throw it down the field, man. And uh, obviously, he might throw some picks and it might look ugly at times, but it's going to be fun to watch. And uh, I'm excited that we got a guy that's finally able to do it again. I'm not comparing Drew Locke to Brett Favre, John Elway. Don't, don't get me wrong there. Just a quarterback <laughs> that's not afraid like those two guys were to put the ball in the air, throw it down the middle, throw it down the field. Um, look at the Kansas City Chiefs, man. I covered Patrick Mahomes when he was in high school. And the minute they drafted him, I looked at my buddies and went, we're in trouble. That kid is a heck of an athlete. I saw him play baseball too in high school. But um, look at the, they don't They throw the ball down the field. They're not scared to do it. And uh, I think with Pat Shermer and Drew Locke, um, I think it could be a good year. I, I, uh, you guys know this now, but in Colorado, it's legal to sports gamble. So we can talk about yes. this now. Um, the over-under seven wins? Are you kidding me? I'm taking the over on seven wins. I mean, they had seven wins last year. Seven wins. And some, some places have it seven. Yeah, some of the places in the desert have it seven and a half. But uh, give me the over on seven, man. I know it's a tough division. I think the Raiders are going to be better. Um, I think Chargers are going to be a little down this year. A lot of folks talking them up, and I don't see that. Um, but obviously the Chiefs are probably the best team in the NFL right now. Um, but give me the over on seven. Schedule's a little easier than it's been in the past couple of years. And uh, we got a quarterback that's not afraid to throw the ball, and he's got some weapons, and I think our defense is going to be good. So give me nine, ten wins if I'm feeling optimistic. Today I'm feeling optimistic. So let's go ten and six and uh, get us in the playoffs, especially with that extra playoff team. I think the Broncos will make the playoffs this year. I do. I'm sure Colin, you'd probably agree as well. It's one thing that we've privately talked about, but the introduction of, of sports gambling in Colorado, Colin, we've talked about it privately, Drew. It's, it's interesting as uh, European, the fact that we can bet on any, like, I mean, anything. Under anything, 16, anywhere. Un, under 16 women's badminton in Thailand, <laughs> like at two o'clock in the morning, we, we, we can bet on it. It is interesting though, Colin, to see, um, yeah, people in Colorado to, like, just talking about it and people developing an interest in soccer, for example, right now. But the over and under in seven wins column and some bookies is a bit, uh, a bit, hmm, I don't know. Oh, well, 
well, I think you you know my my feeling was uh, it's ten win season. I, I have a lot of faith in in Drew Lock. Um, I'm I suppose um, Drew. I'm I'm interested to know like. Vic Fangio has this persona as kind of this big gruff bear who, you know, um, gives one word answers. And Michael and I are, uh, you know, it's funny because you watch soccer, right? And there there was Alex Ferguson who kind of had that reputation. And yet when you talk to the players, they all talked about how warm he was. And you see the same with Belichick and and how he is with the media, the persona, and then how he is with the players. And then if you can get him one-on-one, like when the NFL had the the centenary stuff and they were talking to him, you could see how animated and he loved the game, but he he won't give away anything during the season. And Fangio seems a little bit that way. And I'm wondering, like, on the ground in in Denver, like, what's the feeling amongst the the media uh, around Vic? You know, when the cameras are off, he's much more open and that's that's with anybody nowadays you guys know that too you hit the record button wherever you are people are going to maybe get a little more guarded or a little more nervous whatever it may be coach Fangio is not the best media savvy guy and and you can see that sometimes with his answers but when the cameras are off to the players he's very well liked and I will say that uh, I haven't heard a bad word about him from any of the Broncos players any of the Broncos staff members strength members anybody in that building and uh, he he, I mean, he was a coordinator for how many years? Part of me thinks maybe he didn't want the head coaching responsibilities of dealing with us every day. I mean, it's, you know, the coordinators, we only get to bug them one day a week. With the head coach, you're talking to us every single day, and it's a lot. I mean, you get paid pretty handsomely for it, and uh, I think in a situation like Belichick, I think maybe you should be a little more respectful to the media, and I'm not just saying that because I'm in the media. It's part of your job, and, you know, we all have – parts of our job that we don't like but we do it because it's part of our job it's what they pay us for um so i think vic once the cameras come on once it's on the record he may be a little more guarded and so people see that and think oh well maybe he's not this big cuddly bear or maybe he doesn't have this huge personality but i think the players do see that personality and uh, i mean you can't be in coaching for what 60 years that or 50 years that he's been in coaching uh, and not have that connection with the players. He wouldn't be a head coach. He wouldn't be in the NFL for as long as he had, if he didn't have a way to connect with the guys. So I think absolutely the guys love him. Uh, Everybody over there loves him. I haven't heard a bad word about him, but you're right. Sometimes when the cameras go on, he doesn't sound the most media savvy, but you know what? I'd rather have a coach that can coach than a guy that can talk to the media. Wouldn't you guys? Uh, absolutely. I completely agree. And you know what? If you see me first thing in the morning, Drew, I'm grumpy for three or four hours, but I'm not a bad guy at the same time. So it's probably in that sense. No, I, I really want Vic Fangio to succeed. And I know that myself and Colin were looking forward to um, to meeting Vic Fangio in London in October this year. Oh, um, obviously not happening now. And for a good reason with the pandemic, that's obviously completely yep. you know, shaped the world and will probably do so for a long time, unfortunately. Um, yeah, we, we, we were both looking forward to it as well. And I know we touched on it previously. It was very likely going to be in Fox, so we could have met up and got a couple of... Uh, you know, I, of I have my fingers crossed, but I think, I think they were going to send me across the pond for the first time. And, uh, I might, you know, I will say, when I went to the draft in Nashville, I might have missed my flight back to Denver. <laughs> I might have. And uh, they weren't too happy about that. But I got to go to the draft again, and, and they still let oh me travel. God. So maybe it's water under the bridge. So I'm thinking if I met up with you guys and uh, we had a few, I might have missed my flight back across the pond. But uh, well, like we, it's a good place we, to get stuck. We had, like, this party plan for, like, 
2,000 people and stuff on the Saturday and stuff. Like, I'm not even joking. Like, we were going to get, like, players and stuff. And, like, it would have been nuts. It would have been good crack and it would have been funny as well to see that happen. Tell me, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened in Nashville, Colin, but that's maybe a conversation for a different day. It sounds like yeah. Well, I, I, that that certainly happens in Dublin. I think quite a few times. I've I've had friends who you know their best laid plans. It just <laughs> happens. It was my first time in Nashville, and uh, I don't know if you guys have ever been there, it's, but Broadway awesome. Street. It's a fun town. It's a, it's a fun, fun town. town. So I le- I learned pretty uh, quick. You know, you're working the whole time you're there. So you know, after the last night, there was a Tim McGraw concert. It was free. We got some, you know, some good good seats right there in the first row and uh maybe had a little bit too much fun and didn't wake up but you know what i made it back and uh that's water under the bridge right and you got a story will, out of it <laughs> i will send you um a video after drew on twitter there's a i think colin's in it there, there's a video of me in manchester for night two i think it's night two when drew lock is drafted and look i mean you lost it, huh? I mean, I mean, I was quite well on, if that's uh, the correct term to say, to say in, in Colorado. But that's a different story. It worked out in the end. But obviously now, London should have happened. And the whole retrospect is it's not just as if the game in London has been cancelled. It's been cancelled for a reason. And it's going to have an impact, obviously, on the season itself. Obviously, as somebody that works in TV, and I know you go to Broncos games at the weekends and stuff as a fan as well. Um What's your opinion on at the minute? I know baseball's back in the last 24 hours out of mm-hmm. thin air completely. And um, just wonder what your opinion is on potentially what the season might entail this year. And um, I know Colin may have been chatting about it privately. I mean, do you think it'll be a season for a start or do you think it might be a bit different, for example? I'm, I'm a little wary. I'm not going to lie. You know, I want to be optimistic about it. I, I think with baseball, with the NBA, with NHL, I think – they're all giving it a shot, but I would not be surprised if they shut her down. Uh, but, you know, respect for them. And I'm glad that they're giving it a shot. We need sports over here. You guys, you know, you got your football over there. Um, but I miss baseball. I'm a big baseball guy, too. Uh, I am a little worried about the NFL. I'm not going to lie. I mean, you heard Dr. Anthony Fauci, and I can put on my news hat for a minute. I do that. Uh, he said the other day that they're going to have to do the bubble thing like the NBA is doing. Um, the NBA, obviously, being a contact sport, and it, there's no – any more contact sport than the NFL is, uh, you guys know that. So to have that, that contact, you have to know that these guys are healthy. And if they're not, and one of these guys tests positive, say, you know, the Broncos play week one against the Titans and everyone tests fine, but then you find out one of the Titans players got it. Don't you have to take both teams out of the mix? I mean, you can't, you know, there wasn't any distancing there when you're, uh, tackling each other and uh, so it's scary because um, that's what they're doing in the NBA they're saying we know every guy's going to touch the same ball every guy's probably going to touch each other sweat on each other so we have to put them in a bubble and not allow them to get sick baseball's a little different because it's in itself it's inherently a socially distanced sport so if one guy tests positive you might not have to wipe out the entire team or you know whatever it may be so I don't know what the rules are going to be with the NFL if it's what if what if Drew Locke tests positive? You know, that's a big uh, hindrance for the Broncos. You're going in with the backup quarterback, Jeff Driscoll, the next week. I mean, or do you have to take him out of the mix too because he was in the quarterback room Practicing in the meeting? And then the coaches as well. And I mean, there's there's one thing you've mentioned there with the NBA as well. Obviously, call him our European brother, Nikola Jokic. Unfortunately, no. tested positive yesterday, and yep. our best thoughts go out to him. Um, he can't even get into the country until it's 
I know they were saying maybe by next week, but it, it's a crazy way to look at it. The good news is he's asymptomatic, so he's not he's not sick where it's going to you know affect his health long term. So maybe you look at it as, well, is this a good thing that he got it? Because now I, we don't know how the antibodies are. They're still testing it. But does that mean he got it and he's kind of in the clear now? Um, and then in the NBA, if you're a Nuggets fan like myself and the Lakers lose LeBron because he gets the virus – and we've got Nicola, our best player, healthy. You know, it, it's never good to get sick, and I don't want to put it that way, but um, I'm almost at the point now where if he's asymptomatic, I hear he can come back by next week. Maybe it wasn't, you know, the worst thing to happen to him. And, you know, if it's true about the antibodies where once you get sick, you're, you're probably not going to get sick again, then that's certainly good news for Nicola because he's not going to get sick uh, again. But I think it's going to be risky for the NFL. I was talking to somebody this morning, in fact, at the station that uh, – they might have to push it back. And uh, I know they don't want to. I know they're planning on starting on time. But if, if you know, Dr. Fauci said that we can get a uh, vaccine by the end of the year, December, maybe January, call me crazy, but I'd rather see football start in December or January and just Octobre. push it back. Yeah, but I'd rather Octobre. see that than no season at all, wouldn't you guys? So, and of course, then you worry about, uh, you know, is it widespread availability as far as the vaccine goes? But the NFL is a lot of money, so I'm sure they'd be able to get a vaccine for the people that need it. Um, so I'm hopeful, but uh, I'm, a, I'm a little tentative about it. I think that's kind of my news hat. And, uh, you know, we talk about it every day uh, with the news and obviously I have to do a bunch of research on it. So just looking at things like that, I don't want to be naive. And I think uh, it is risky, but um, I, I'm glad that they're giving it a shot. And uh, we'll have to see. We're getting some spikes here and there. I'm sure you guys heard, you know, different states around around our country. So uh, we'll have to wait and see. Um, I'm optimistic that it will happen, but I'm not going to put all my eggs in that basket because I'm afraid it might not. Yeah. Colin, are, are, are you ready, Colin, for some 4 a.m. Rockies baseball for us? I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> I I've I've been I've only enjoyed baseball when I've watched it live. Watching it live is is great because you're sitting with friends, you're having a few drinks, then it's great. Um, it's not for us. It's when it, when we're used to uh, you know rugby or uh, soccer or Gaelic football or hurling, it's it's a little different, little little tougher to watch. But um, as you said, Drew, I think you know it looks like the NFL are doing everything they can and uh, kind of exploring every possibility. So. The hope is that, you know, it, it, it will go ahead. And I think what's interesting, you know, with this virus, things change kind of so quickly. Um, you know, they go from really a bad outlook to a positive one, but back again, because when we, when we looked at things in, in mid-May, it, it looked pretty good. And unfortunately, now we're seeing the spikes. The, the tests for the vaccine seem to be going pretty well. And obviously working in higher ed, I'm, you know, I, I college ball is, is something we all want to see as well. So uh, there's, there's an awful lot of questions. Um, we will have to get you back on again when, when the season does, does start and uh, we, can, we can talk about like how, how it's all playing out. So we just want to say thanks to you for, for taking the time to join us. We really appreciate it. Hey, it was awesome. Uh, anytime. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to grab a beer in person sometime, whether it's over here or over there. Uh, let's do it. And uh, I love that prediction, Colin, 10 wins. Let's do it this year. Yeah. Drew, it's, it's a pleasure having you on, man. And I completely take up that offer with a beer. I hope that me and Colin will be over for that Bills game December 20th, whenever the borders have been opened. And I will be there. I'll be knocking on that door in the Fox 31 station saying hello. So, um, Thank you, and also thanks to yourself and, and Fox for featuring us recently. Um, 
It uh, has worked wonders for us. So we really appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Go Broncos. Go Broncos.